Good afternoon, Albuquerque. I am your host, Becca Marie. Welcome to a weekday special edition of Freedom Speak on Albuquerque's Conservative Talk, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Today, I will be speaking with Republican candidate for Secretary of State, Audrey Trujillo. And I've been thinking a little bit about the importance of voting. I did a little bit of reading on this. And our country was founded on the principle that we, the people, have the right to have our voices heard and decide who will represent us in our government, the government by the people and for the people. It is our civic duty as citizens of the United States of America and the state of New Mexico to be informed and to participate in our election process. This we must do if we are to keep our freedom and liberty in which so many of us have fought, many before us have fought and sacrificed so much to secure for us and our future generations. In a quote by John Adams, he stated, we electors have an important constitutional power placed in our hands. We have a check upon two branches of the legislature, the power, I mean, of electing at stated periods for each branch. It becomes necessary to every citizen then to be in some degree a statesman and to examine and judge for himself of the tendency of political principles and measures. Let us examine then with a sober, a manly, and a Christian spirit. Let us neglect all party loyalty and advert to facts. Let us believe no man to be infallible or impeccable in government any more than in religion. Take no man's word against evidence, nor implicitly adopt the sentiments of others who may be deceived themselves or may be interested in deceiving us. So I want to introduce my good friend, Audrey Trujillo. I've known her for quite some time. Her and I have been fellow freedom fighters, and she's running for Secretary of State. Audrey, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, yes. I'm an actual voter who is very concerned about our voting. Um, I'm a generational New Mexican, as I said earlier, um, citizen of the United States. So that makes me very, very interested in our elections. I am a conservative constitutionalist dedicated to protecting our rights to vote in a free and fair election. Um, the United States grants states the right to create and adjust election systems to fit the, their unique local needs. I intend to make sure we continue to secure that right as your Secretary of State. Okay. So Audrey, you uh, tell us a little bit about your education. Now, tell me, I, I know you said you've got a degree in criminal justice, correct? Is mm -hmm. that what you said? Yes. Okay. And then you've got, uh, you've managed uh, biz several businesses on your own. You've, you've actually ran businesses, started businesses. Yes, absolutely. Um, I graduated, I was the first to graduate from my family um, college. I am the oldest of four in our family. I have a twin sister, three minutes apart. So I was three minutes ahead. <laughs> so I was the, the oldest of our family. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just have always been a leader by, by design, I think, because I was first and I was always the leader in our family. Uh, and I went to UNM right after high school. I didn't know what college was because no one, nobody in our family had gone to college. So I just knew that I wanted a better education. I wanted to have more opportunities. And my parents instilled that in me. You know, my, my mother and my father had us very young and didn't get to go to college. 
you know, they went to high school, went working right after, and they always wanted a better life for their family and their, and their kids. So I did go to UNM and, and I got, um, I received a degree in criminology and a Spanish degree also in Portuguese. And then I went on and I got my master's in, in justice administration, which is a political administration master's. And after that, I kind of pursued different routes. I volunteered a lot. Um, most of my volunteering surrounded my kids when we started having kids when I met my husband 21 years ago. We have three kids. We have our oldest is 19, my son, and then we have another son who is gonna actually be 18 in a couple of days. He was my birthday present because my birthday's tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and his is on the 19th. You want to tell everybody which birthday it is? It's kind of a big one, I think. Well, yeah, it's the big 5-0. The big 5-0, I yeah, know. Half a century old. That sounds so ancient. <laughs> but, um, you know, with, with being older, you do have wisdom. You've seen a lot. I've seen a lot through the public eye, um, just being as a parent, knowing the issues and how important our votes are. And also just being able to deal with um, organizational impacts of, of how you can, you know, create change through being organized, mm -hmm. um, bringing people to unite and fight for, for causes. And I think that's one of the other things that I have also done is I've been a community organizer. You yes, know. you have. I know. I've been involved in some of that <laughs> with you. And it's like, you've Absolutely. done a great job on that. Thank you. Um, I, you know, most of my, my time has been surrounding around my kids, of course, because mm -hmm. I was, I, I believed in, in being a stay-at-home mom to be able to make sure I had an impact in their lives and make sure that they had better than I had, you know, growing up. And as an older um, parent, you know, my parents were very young, so we were very close to our grandparents. Um, my mom and dad, you know, had, had a lot of, of um, just responsibility at their age. Um, I didn't get married till I was 28 to my husband. We've been married 21 years. And it just made me a better um, parent, I believe, because I just knew what it took to be a parent. Um, and it also allowed me to grow in my own you know, abilities and go to school, of course. I got all my schooling done right before I got married. And participate in a lot of things that are impactful in our children, in our generations. And that was being a PTA president for our schools, um, the APS schools, um, PTA. Is the PTA is, still around? It is. Okay. Actually, it is. And, you know, it's, it's a very pivotal, strong position to have because you are the voice of, the, of the, your children. And you're also a voice for the teachers. You know, and, and we have PED right now that is just forcing things down our teachers' oh, throats and how they can uh, teach our kids. They're not even allowing them to really teach our kids anymore. No. Uh, my mother, Indoctrination. Right. My it's mother, terrible. you know, she was a, a teacher up in San Juan, and, and, you know, she retired early because she was like, this is not what I signed up for. I signed up here to teach kids and, and make sure that they learned and, and, and the basics. You know, they're being taught through basically to a test. And that's, you know, each child in her, her school, it was a trilingual. So she, it was very challenging because, you know, she's bilingual. She speaks Spanish fluently like I do. And, you know, they put all the, the Spanish-speaking kids in there and, and, and trilingual kids, which meant that you had Tewa Indian kids in there as well and Mexican kids. And they're graded on how those kids are tested the teachers are, which is an unfair advantage, you know, because 
these kids are not going to do as well as an English learning speaker, mm -hmm. or actually as an English speaker. Yeah. They're they're learning English, so you know there's there's so many things that just you need to be changed. And you're there. actually trilingual, right? It's yeah. like you, you speak English, Spanish, and what's what's the other one? Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah, my father, his family is Portuguese. Okay. Yeah. Oh. All right, Grace. Because um, I know the other day we were at an event and somebody asked you to speak in, in both Spanish and Portuguese, and you did, did both. Yes. <laughs> I think that's pretty impressive. Anybody can speak more than one language. I'm always impressed by that. Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, an example, I, I, I saw an article the other day pop up, which was just crazy. California, I mean, the People's Republic of California, that's what I call it. I was reading an article in which um, officials raided a preschool and interviewed two-year-olds over mask policies without permission from their parents. Oh, yeah. Is that disgusting or what? It is. And, you know, I, I've seen this um, same kind of tactic in our current administration with our Secretary of State, with our schools. Um, what they're doing is they're sending out letters to opt out of things instead of asking for permission from the parents. And it's very, very, um, I'd say it's, it's kind of tricky, you know, because right. my daughter brought in a, a letter one day and, you know, I was just kind of going through her stuff, throwing away things because she just, you know how kids are. They just mm -hmm. throw their stuff everywhere. And I saw this letter, and it basically was an opt-out letter to participate in a survey that UNM or some organization was doing to ask very, you know, personal questions of our kids. And if I didn't sign that letter, she was going to automatically be p participating in this survey. And what, what I say is the Secretary of State did the same type of tactic when she was having people opt out of getting absentee ballots. And right. Being, I heard about that. Yes. And they're hoping that you're not paying attention. Right, it's always right. junk mail. I'm going to throw it away. It's trickery. I mean, why are you being so dishonest? And, yeah. You know, you're, they're not being up front because they know that that people are, are, are more likely not to sign a paper and send it in. Right. Right. I yeah. receive a pile of junk mail every single day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Especially like, during election season. Right. I mean, we get junk, junk, junk. Oh, and Constantly. <laughs> I've got like a pile of things I receive from political right. candidates. It's like, well, I, you know, I applaud them for putting the effort into getting themselves known and things oh, like that. Oh, absolutely. We need to know who we're yeah. electing for sure. So, okay, you told me a little bit about your education mm -hmm. and things you've done as a, uh, a mother and a wife. And, and mm -hmm. tell me specifically what 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 do you think qualifies you for the job of secretary of state well the first thing that qualifies me is being a concerned voter and being from new mexico i think you know those two things are the most important we have 33 county clerks that did not put their name in to even go against me on this election that tells you a lot you know i'm not compromised i didn't work under the secretary of state I can go in with open eyes and a clear perception of, of what's going on. And I can be honest, you know, to our, our people. Um, I'm nonpartisan when it comes to the Secretary of State position. I don't think it should be a partisan position. I think everybody's votes count if they are eligible voters. Everybody should care about that, regardless of their political party. Yes, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, I think our independents are not being represented very well either. I think a lot of this um, 
funny business that's going on. It's coming through this pool of independent voters that they're using to manipulate some of these elections. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, I've been doing a lot of research and I've been looking at past elections. I mean, there's so much out there and there's so much concern. And the biggest thing that I see is that the confidence in our voters has gone dr dramatically down. People are not wanting to vote. Our eligible voters are not wanting to vote because they feel that every ineligible vote is taking away their, their vote as right. eligible voters. Right. So, and I agree with them, you know, but the thing is, is we cannot stop voting. We have to vote and we have to vote in numbers. We saw in 2016 that even though they already had something in place to take that election as well, voters came out in numbers and they were not ready for them. Mm -hmm. They didn't realize that many people were coming out and voting. And I think that's what can happen in New Mexico. I think if we come out in big numbers and we have people that believe and are educated and who these um, representatives and what they represent, number one, we gotta stick to our constitution. We have rights that are being violated and they've been violated for a very, very long time. And people are aware now, they're more educated. You know, the fight for election integrity is a huge issue across the nation. I mean, Colorado's doing stuff, you know, they have a county clerk that actually brought um, evidence um, to be looked at because she was, as a county clerk, she was very worried about her elections. She saw something that was in these Dominion machines that was okayed by the Secretary of State to allow them to erase information, which they're supposed to be keeping that information for 22 months right, yeah. after an election. Right. This was um, designed to just eliminate and erase all that information that was in those, those um, machines. So there's concern there, but now she's the one that's looking like the bad person. You know, she's, she's going, you know, they're, they're, they have um, criminal charges against her. So, you know, it kind of tells you what is, what is going on here? The people that want integrity, they want honesty, and they want just the truth. Why are these people, you know, being persecuted? Because well, that's why I say it. it's a persecution. Yeah, I mean, there has to be, there has to be consequences for breaking the law and cheating the voting, cheating the voters of the state. And it's like, you know, we saw those uh, election uh, reform laws that they put in place in Texas and Georgia. I showed you my research on that some time back, I remember. And, and one of the provisions of those, uh, of those bills was severe penalties for mm -hmm. people being involved in election fraud. And there has to be consequences. And right now, in so many places in this country, there don't appear to be any consequences. No, and, and you talk about New Mexico, we don't have consequences anymore. It seems like people are getting away with everything. Mm -hmm. and, and it's continuing, and it's who we have in office. And that's why I say voting is very serious. You know, we have to vote. We have to vote our representatives. They keep throwing the, the term, our democracy is at stake. How is it at stake for asking for fair elections? Right. How is it at stake when all we want is for our votes to count, our eligible votes to count, and those that do not um, are, are not supposed to be voting not to vote? That's it. It's as simple as that. Well, and you hear these pushes like where they're trying to 
get the idea out there that people are being cheated out of voting, like these fair voting uh, acts and, and things that like that. So and and these such a lie. ridiculous laws they tried to pass at, up in Santa Fe just recently that, thank mm -hmm. goodness, they got shot down. But, I mean, they were trying to allow 16-year-olds oh, to those vote. Oh, those laws are going to come again. They're going to come They're not going to stop. They're looking at another 30-day session, you yeah. know, and it's like... They know that they cannot win legitimately, so they have to put everything in, in their power because what they've done is weaponized their, their positions. The Secretary of State and the governor are supposed to be working separately in mm -hmm. their separate agencies. Well, they're working lockstep together, and we see that, and I think that is what is unbalancing our, our government. We need balance. Yes. We need a balanced government to fight for us because you know, government's supposed to protect us. It's not supposed to be working against us. And right now what we see is, uh, you know, people elected that do not care for New Mexico. They yeah. don't care for small businesses. They don't care for our kids. They don't care. And it's sad. I mean, we need people that care. You know, people that are willing to put their necks out there. Yeah. Well, you know, I, one thing I can tell our audience, I've known you for quite a while, Audrey, and I can tell our audience that you are a very sincere, honest person. You do care about the state. You love the state. You love being here. You, you want it to be a good place to raise your kids and, 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 and your family. And so, and you know, we've, we've participated in some of these rallies together. And that's how I ended up, that's how I met you to start with, is at some of these rallies. And you've been very, very active in the community. This is not something in which you're just trying to run for office so you can get a job. It's not about that. Right, you know, we've been fighting a long time because, you know, freedom to me is very important. You know, New Mexico had so many soldiers that died for our freedoms, you know, family members. I can list a dozen on my side of the family. And for, for freedom, you know, freedom to be able to do what we're doing right now, for our kids to, you know, live free. And for them to disrespect that and trample all over our constitutional rights, it's, it's disgusting to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm just gonna work hard to really change that. You know, everything that I, that I am, New Mexican, Spanish, um, a woman, a mother, a daughter, a sister, you know, all those things have brought me to this point to fight for our state of New Mexico because New Mexico is my home and I'm not gonna be leaving it. And I think, you know, people that are having to be forced to leave, I hope they come back. You yeah. know, I really do because New Mexico needs our, our conservative voices. You know, I'm not saying to all be conservative because I do believe in people's rights to do what they need to do and, and you know, it's, when it comes to religion, it's like your choice. But we also need our voices there as well because there are conservative values that New Mexico are uniquely New Mexico, our history, our mm -hmm. culture, all those things are very important. Sure, yeah. So a lot of people may not be aware of, you know, a lot of times people don't seem to realize how important the Secretary of State's office is. Mm -hmm. And so we know that it has to do with elections, things like that, mm -hmm. but there are so many other things that the Secretary of State is responsible for. So can you kind of go through that a little bit with everybody so they can get a better idea? Oh, absolutely. That's a question that's always asked because the Secretary of State, it's not the governor, it's not the Lieutenant Governor, <laughs> but it is a very, very important. She's third in line, actually, or he. Mm -hmm. um, 
So the biggest thing is she is the recorder of all bills in New Mexico. Every bill that goes through the legislation gets her hand cock on her hand, <laughs> her signature on there. She is the protector of our seal of New Mexico, and you're so you know you're supposed to be able to um, just protect everything that comes in there and make sure that you have that seal of approval from your state secretary of state. Mm -hmm. The other agencies that are under there is, and I don't know if everybody knows this, but um, your, the ethics department now is under there. That is a huge pivotal um, position when it comes to making sure our elections are secure, our candidates are receiving money and it's being documented as, as where it's coming from. We have lobbyists, we have all these different special interests that come in and they want to just dump tons of money. Well, well, our public needs to know where that money's coming from and where that money's going. Um, that's one of the biggest things. We have ethics complaints. We had, a, a, I think, an ethics complaint that went through the Secretary of State and because she used her partisan politics, it was pushed under the rug and, and they gave the runaround to the person that was trying to get these infras in. And you're just seeing partisan, partisan, partisan politics instead of just coming to the truth and making sure that our elect, elected officials are held accountable for what they do. You know, they're not kings and queens. We got to make sure that they are held to the fire when it comes to representing our people. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see here. What? A lot of people are real concerned about these voting machines. And... I think that they are only part of the problem, but I think a lot of the problems that we have are these drop boxes, which mm -hmm. I don't know why in the world we ever, you know, they, they use the, the COVID scamdemic to, to, to justify these drop boxes and then these mail-in ballots and, and this huge number of absentee ballots. And all of this stuff has enabled a lot of fraud and cheating. Oh, absolutely. The I call them unsecured boxes because none of them are secure. I've talked to so many people that live in different counties and they're like, yeah, I was just behind the back of a truck or it was in the middle on a chair. You know, they use game cameras. I don't know if you know, I'm very familiar with game cameras because my dad and my, my brothers and all of them are, oh, are yeah. hunters. Sure. And you don't get that accurate vision, visual. Mm -hmm. And not all of them have game cameras. I mean, at least that's something. But um, no, there's, they need to have 24 hours security. They don't have that. They have to have a, a person there to ask questions and say, you know, whose absentee balance are you dropping off? Are these your mom and dads? Who are they? You know, these people are coming in with stacks that they're coming where they're, they're harvesting ballots, basically. Because if it's not just your ballot, you're harvesting ballots. And mm -hmm. that's, that's actually a, a, a big time, um, what you call it, federal offense right, for yeah. elections. Yeah. That's, that's election fraud. And so we got those boxes, we also, the absentee ballots that were forced out everywhere. You know, people's ballots were sent out automatically and, and, and people received, like you said, three, four, five, even some eight. I received three myself. Yeah. Yeah. And then our, you know, it's so it, the, the, one of the other biggest issues is in the Secretary of State, when you look at the rules, you know, that go around election laws and everything else, our rules are so lax. So they're able to manipulate them. They're able to define them as they go along. And that was where in this, during this Emergency Orders Act, they were, the governor and the Secretary of State were given more power. They were able to use more power during that time. 
And when they, when they received that power, they took full advantage of it. They definitely did. And they, they made sure to create, you know, loosen rules that were in place. Now tell me, is that, is that legal? What they During did? an emergency order, unfortunately, in New Mexico, it is. Mm. Yeah, see, so, I talked about that thing, too, with both Jay and uh, Greg when I mm -hmm. was interviewing them here. And that, that power needs to be removed. That, that is absolutely ridiculous. Well, no agency should have that much power. No. I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's fired to the, the fraud. I mean, that's what it does. It just, it just builds it and it makes, you know, gives it, makes it easier to do those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, years in service. You know, if you are an elected official and you've been there for years, all you are doing is developing your skills is how to manipulate the system in place. So, you know, this current Secretary of State, she's been, she was, she was actually, um, they put her in for two years. So she did not run for office the first two years. She was appointed. And then she ran for office and then got her term. So she's going to be there six years. She's coming up on six years. And if, you know, God forbid. What is the, is there a wins, term limit on that office? There's supposed to be two term limits. But okay. because she was appointed in her first two, she got those additional two years mm. that do not count towards her limits. Um, so in, in addition to that, she'll be there 10 years if she was to win this election. 10 years is too long, you know, and, and, and I know that she's probably ready to move on, but somebody has her in there to keep her in there. Um, she was running for secretary, not secretary, um, Senate seat against Ben Ray Lujan, and they pretty much told her to get out of that race. But I'm pretty sure her eye is out for something else. My eye, my eye is not out for something else. I just want to protect our voters and the integrity of New Mexico. I want to make sure we have a generation that can believe in, in, in what we do at the Secretary of State and trust us because we need honesty and trust. Mm -hmm. That is something that's lacking. And it's because they're not being truthful to us. You know, they're putting bills, like you said, you know, the 144, I called it an, uh, an um, uh, what is it, abomin uh, <laughs> I can't remember that word. <laughs> Abom abominable bus, I don't know. Yeah, something, it, it, it it's, a, it's a mega, pretty, MAGA pretty, pretty bill crazy. that they just stuff yeah. everything in. Yeah, it started out as like a two-page bill, right? And, yeah. then, and then they took the other bill that nobody wanted and just basically- Well, they stuffed piled. everything they wanted yeah, in Yeah, they try bill. these little tactics all the time. Oh yeah, and, and, and the thing about it, like you were saying, they wanted 16-year-olds to be participating in our mm -hmm. elections, our local elections. And then they also wanted to take away the powers of the um, Secretary of State, actually, in certain things, in case she probably didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, because it was like, why would she want to take away her powers and, and give them more to the clerks? Which, you know, in, in, that sound, in that sense, it sounds kind of right, because you want more mm -hmm. people in charge. But when you have 33 county, um, county clerks that didn't even participate in wanting to run for this office against this lady, it kind of makes you weary, you know, it makes you wonder, like, why? You know, are they afraid of her or what is going on? What is the reasoning that these people did not jump? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was waiting for somebody to come and, you know, run against me because, like I said, I've never been a county clerk, but I think that is actually a plus. I think not being in the system is going to give me a perspective that they don't have. Right now they feel like our elections are, are completely legit and nothing's going on. 
I think a lot of these politicians, they get all wrapped up in, um, in politics and they're just there forever and they completely get out of touch with those of us that are just living out here in the regular world, mm -hmm. not in politics. And I think they, do, I think they lose, just lose perspective is what I think. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, H.R. 1 was the federal bill that they were trying to push through, through the President Biden. And what they did with these bills, 144, HBA, all these ones, Senate Bill 8, they were trying to do that in the state, mm -hmm. give up our sovereignty in our state for our elections and make it federalize it, you know? These people work together. It's they crazy. Really do. Why would you want to do that? If they can't do it one way, they do it another way. Yeah, we got to protect our state yeah. sovereignty. We do not want federalizing anything in our state. We yeah. want to make sure we are able to make those decisions as a republic yeah. of our state. And, you know, so that's scary. You know, when you have somebody in there that's even looking at something like that, you, you better look at what you're, what you're getting in the picture because you are going to get federalized elections. Right. You know, we don't want that. Well, Audrey, we're going to take a short break, and everybody will be back in a few minutes. Albuquerque, we're back here. This is uh, Becca Marie, and you're listening to a special edition of Freedom Speak on Albuquerque's Conservative Talk, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'm sitting here with Audrey Trujillo. She is the candidate for Secretary of State, and uh, we're talking about all kinds of interesting things here that maybe you didn't already know. So, Audrey, what were you, uh, you had another thought you wanted to talk about? Yeah, we we're talking about the, the the federal government's role in our elections, and it's very limited, and that's how we want to keep it. Um, it's you know ensuring that there is fair elections, but we want as a state to always have our sovereignty, and protect our ability to run our elections as we see fit for our state, and that's the biggest um, role that you know with the elections that the Secretary of State should be holding strong on. Mm. Um, the current Secretary of State does not believe that. She wants to federalize it. She wants to make sure that our federal government is is taking over. Kind of a kind of that kind of cancels uh, the whole concept of a representative republic. Right, right. Which everybody what is that? thinks what is it's that a democracy. <laughs> Turn into? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we know what what democracy essentially is. Democracy in its purest form is mob rule. Right. And that means well, that's kind of like what we have now with the Democrats and in, in, that are in there. Yeah. Um, even our our actual blue dog Democrats who are conservative, they're saying it too. 
I mean, I, I don't know how many of our Democrats that I've, I've come to see. I mean, I have a family of Democrats and they're seeing it. They're seeing that this is not right. And they are not voting for these progressive Democrats anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, they've taken their voice away. And like I said, it's not a party issue. It's a people issue. And that's what we got to make sure we focus on. Right. Exactly. And another thing to understand, and I've, I've been talking about this to people and you have too, is like we really all got to get involved on a local level. And this whole concept in which they want to, um, <clears throat> they keep referring to our country as a democracy, which it, it isn't. It's not a no. democracy because if it was a democracy, let me, let me let you know, people, if it was a democracy, minorities, you would not have equal representation. Right. Uh, people that live in states with lower populations, you would not have rep representation. So they have made people believe that, are, especially people that are minorities, they've somehow made them believe this myth that uh, if they have a popular vote, that they will be better represented. And it, and is absolutely, totally the opposite of that. Oh, absolutely. We're a constitutional representative republic. That's what we are. We are the ones that pick who represents us through our votes. That's why it's so important to vote. Um, I, I told, was telling you I had a conversation with a gentleman that owns a business down in Albuquerque, and he was telling me because of the scrutiny they get for being a Republican, um, he, he, he's not voting, and he's not registered. He unregistered himself, and he tells his friends to do the same. That is the absolute worst thing you could do because when he told me that i said well you have no voice you have no voice and he said well we kind of do because i can talk to people like you that are running for office <laughs> and i'm like well there's a lot voting. of <laughs> lot of good that'll do if i don't get in right yeah <laughs> so you know these a lot of people are just you know they just don't see the big picture but voting is your voice if you do not vote, you have no voice and you have no room to complain about anything. So I, you know, I tell my kids, like my boys, you know, they're, they're coming up on being able to vote. My oldest son got to vote last year. He actually voted me, for me when I ran for House District 23. He'd probably have to find another place to live if he didn't, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, you know, I'm not charging you any rent. That situation could change. Get your butt out there. <laughs> Just kidding. But um, yeah, you know, it's important. And you know, we gotta make it where it's, it's, it's not a forced thing. And I think that's what she was trying to do, this current Secretary of State, is force people to register to vote. It shouldn't be forced, it should be, it should be something that you initiate. Yeah. You know, to opt out, there, there, there you go again with the opting out thing. You know, they, they register you as a DTS, which is declined to state, means that you don't pick a party. But then you get a, a postcard later stating, well, you can pick your party now or you can opt out of, of registering to vote. It's like, what? Why are they doing this? You know, it, it's just, it's the same, um, it's the same tactic that they're using. And I've seen it, like I said, in a lot of these other agencies and it's very disturbing. You know, you, you have to be able to see these things to really know what the truth and, and what's, what, what are, why are they doing this? Well, I think we know what the reason is because here's what happens is if you have this large number of inactive Absolutely. registered voters out there, mm 
oh, guess what? Since they don't have a voter ID in this state and they're pushing back on that like you wouldn't believe, mm -hmm. anybody could come along and once they get, all they have to do is get a hold of that list of these inactive voters. They walk into a polling place, they say they're that person, they don't get their ID checked, and they get to use that person as a vote. And this person could be anybody. This person could be a person that's in from out of state somewhere. This person could be an illegal alien. Right. Uh, it could be anybody. Anybody that's not eligible to vote could come in and basically take that person's vote, and that person would never know. No, absolutely not. And that's what they're, that's the whole thing behind getting as many voters. They don't matter if they're eligible or not. They just want a big voter pool mm -hmm. that they, exactly. can, they can use. Sure. So one problem we had that we saw a lot in 2020 is we saw these news reports of these poll watchers being removed from their post not allowed in the room. We saw them, oh no, you got to keep six feet away, or they'd get put on the other side of a window, and then the window would be covered up so they couldn't see in. Right. Uh, just all kinds of ridiculous shenanigans going on with the voting in 2020. So, and, and I know in these, in these voter reform laws I've seen from Texas and Georgia, those are issues that were covered in those. It's like they uh, ensure that these people that are poll watchers, poll challengers, whatever, these people are allowed to be right there and to, to be able to do their job. And that if they are prevented from doing their job, uh, there again, there are consequences and people can get in trouble for this. Whereas those kind of laws didn't exist previously. Now I think that those kind of laws need to exist in all states, especially New Mexico. Mm -hmm. So uh, is any effort like that underway in this state to also do similar uh, safeguards against voter cheating? So, you know, everything needs to go through legislature. So in order to be able to pass bills that would protect our voter rights, we have to have legislatures or, you know, people that will want to create these bills. And, and like you said, the, you don't need to recreate the will. They're already there. You know, these states are doing these things. And that's why our elections are so important. If we have conservative-minded people that believe in our Constitution, our freedoms, and our rights that win these positions in, in the House and in the Senate, then we have a chance to get these type of bills passed through. Otherwise, we're going to be getting these other bills that they call integrity bills that are not integrity bills at all. They're more of like, you know, suppressing our votes by voter fraud. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's exactly what they are. Sure. Um, but it, it's going to start off at, by actually getting enough people in there, you know, to represent the people. And, you know, there's not anything that I can do personally because I, you know, as a secretary of state, you're not a lawmaker. You know, that's not my position. But we do have lawmakers out there that are hopefully running for office that win their seats because everybody out there that believes like us um, gets out and votes and works their elections, helps them make phone calls, knocks on them doors. You know, we just got to get them in because we're going to be seeing the same thing going on as long as we have no uh, majority in the House or in the Senate seats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. How do we renew our confidence in the voting system in New Mexico? What can, as you as Secretary of State, what could you do? If you were elected, what could you do like right away to under your authority to make a difference? So one of the things that people don't understand that they have is they have power in their local governments. So even without me being involved in that part, 
we can give them the education and how to do so. So in Sandoval County right now, we are going to our committee um, commissioner, um, county uh, city council meetings and all that stuff. And what we're doing is we're asking to be placed on the next meeting agenda to talk about these issues that we saw, to talk about how the poll workers were not able to participate and see and, and make sure things were do, being legitly done, uh, making sure that people were respecting the rules, which means that you have to be 100 feet away and not campaign. And we had um, Democrats who were actually campaigning by using water bottles in line, giving mm -hmm. people free burritos. They were like know. printing stuff on those water yeah. bottles, weren't they? This was, yeah. this is around the whole state that this happened. And these are like tactics. They think, you know, what, is that, what does that tell us? Oh, we can buy your vote by giving you something to eat or drink. Well, you know? and you know, the mainstream news, <laughs> the way they're passing that off, they were trying to make it uh, look like, and they always twist these like things around. Like a community around. effort Yes, yeah, like, or oh, something. you want these people to be thirsty while they're in line. It's like, are there really any lines in this state that are really that long? I mean, I, 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 where I vote, I mean, literally, I walked right in and walked out. I mean, yeah. there really virtually was no it's line. It's just a tactic. Yeah, it's a they, tactic they've been getting away with, and they'll do it. They'll use any little tactic. I mean, mm -hmm. seriously, they, I think they have courses that, that teach them how to do all these oh, things. Oh, I, th I, you know, I think you're, you know, like I think university you're actually right. Yes. Courses. Yeah. But you know, the thing with the water bottle thing is like, there was nothing preventing these people from getting a bottle of water prior to coming into the line. Yeah. It the, was, it was know, just a tactic and yeah. it was a way to get up there close and be able to, um, manipulate people's voting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but, but we're very, very well aware of these things. One thing I can say is that our eyes are open. Many people are taking notice. They are gonna be paying attention like they've never done before because they feel cheated. They yeah. seriously feel cheated. The confidence in our elections shows that. Um, you know, one of the fails of the Secretary of State that is currently in office is the fact that she, she didn't keep the confidence of our eligible voters. Mm -hmm. You know, here she's trying to replenish the pool with anybody or anybody. And I think that is just a complete fail on her part. Our Secretary of State should be able to protect our votes, be open. There should be no funny business like what we've been seeing with our, with our elections. Mm -hmm. I've been there. I've been at those, com those uh, meetings that our commissioners have. People are very, very worried about their, their votes being counted. Yeah. They're very, very worried about the process. They do not have any confidence in it. And it's creating this animosity that we do not need because we need unity in, in, in New Mexico. We need to start working together. We can't have this division. And what this does is divide us, divides us in two parties, which is not where we want to be because, like I said, it, you know, this is a position where we should be participating as citizens mm -hmm. of this state. And it should not be a partisan issue at all. Yeah. You know, I had one of my listeners that uh, sent me an email with an idea for how ballots could be done. And actually, I thought it was a great idea. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read real quick what he sent me. Uh, <clears throat> five steps. Ballots need to be numbered. Every, because one thing we were, we were hearing a lot about is literally uh, ballots that they were seeing that were obviously not on the right kind of paper and somebody was photocopying ballots. Mm -hmm. Um, or running them numerous yeah, times over and through. over and over again, the same right. ballot. Mm -hmm. So 
Once elections are over, the Secretary of State can post all the ballots on their site under election results. That'd be a great idea, wouldn't it, to be yeah. able to verify that you actually, your vote actually got counted the way you Well, you should be it? able to privately, without anybody else knowing, um, be able to check to see if your ballot was posted the way you mm -hmm. voted. That yeah. should be something that, that's integrity right there. All ballots would be posted under their own counties. Mm -hmm. All one has to do is go to their county, find their number, and see how their ballot was cast. Because we were hearing things like more ballots than the people that were registered in a county. Oh, yeah. Uh, more people voting than there were people. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, of even of age. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this should be obvious to people that there was fraud and cheating going on. Um, you should be able to see all results by county with the number of ballots tabulated at the bottom of the page. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, any discrepancies on your ballot can be reported to their own political party, Secretary of State, and the district attorney of that ca county. All of that is common sense stuff, but it is. It's like it's like they don't want to put measures into place so that things so that there is accountability. Accountability is something we really really need. Yes. <clears throat> so, what do you say to those people that and you hear this all the time? We kind of touched on this a little while ago. That say, I don't vote because my vote doesn't make any difference. I'm just one vote. How do, how do you how do you compete with that rationale? How, how do you how do you get, I don't know. We have to educate them because some of these local, and I'm talking about local elections, are extremely, clo extremely close. Some people win by only seven, seven votes in some of these um, local elections. So your, your vote does count. It does count. Um, but like I said, you know, we do have to build that confidence back in. We have to make sure the people are participating in the process and not like our poll challengers are uh, residing judges. All of them need to make sure that they're able to do their jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I think the fails in the county clerk's offices is the fact that they were given um, basically a, a rule, you know, rules of what they were supposed to do and allow during this emergency orders act. And, and, and I think they used it to basically prohibit people to look at them ballots and make sure things were secure. Mm -hmm. And that's not their, that's not their role. The county clerks are supposed to make sure things are fair and accurate. Yeah. Now, if somebody wanted to become a poll challenger, a poll watcher, how mm -hmm. would they go about doing that? They would actually go through their county clerks. Okay. They have courses that they they give to make sure that you um you know know what you're doing actually and what your job is you can also go through your county parties county parties are very um they're in tuned with that they're actually having classes and courses right now because like before we were always behind the ball well now we're trying to get in front of that ball and make sure that people are we have our poll challengers and like i said every party should have their poll challengers there um, primaries are a little different because we only have the two major, you know, or the three major parties. But um, general, I mean, it's you, you can vote for anybody. So it, it's, it would be good to have an equal amount of people from all parties participating as mm -hmm. poll challengers and poll watchers and ju reciting judges, everything else. You know, another thing I have found, too, since I've gotten a lot more politically involved in what's going on is that there are wards okay mm -hmm. find out what wards you're in find out who your ward chairman is and go to a ward meeting 
you know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna meet some good people there, and uh, you're gonna find out a lot a lot of stuff. You're gonna be able to have access to a lot of resources that way. I, you know, I, no, oh, you're we're gonna be going to a ward meeting what tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow mm -hmm. evening. Yeah. Yeah, on your birthday, you're going to a word meeting. I know. See? <laughs> we'll sing happy birthday to you. Okay. <laughs> so, well, and you are right. You know, participating, mm -hmm. participating, participating in the process is going to really protect every aspect of voting, every aspect of, of your voice. And if you don't participating, you know, participate in anything, you're, you're, just, you're just there to be a, a criticizer. Sure. So make a change, you know, yeah. participate, Stop just get complaining involved. and get, get, get yeah. off your butt and go do something. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many places that you can volunteer in all aspects. And I think you're going to find if you do get involved, you're going to meet a lot of people and you're going to have fun. Yes. We do. We have fun getting together. Um, the last thing I had on my list here is transparency, okay? Mm -hmm. One thing I have found as I've been searching around for like people's phone numbers and things like that, because you know, when I have like you on or I have another uh, candidate on, I have to notify everybody that they also have the access to equal time. And by the way, Maggie right. Toulouse Oliver, I'll give you an hour. All you have to do is contact me and I will give you an hour. We'll, we'll come in here and we'll sit down and I'll ask you questions too. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I always have plenty of questions to ask. And uh, anyway, so that is, uh, it, it's so hard, and, and I noticed when I was going through these websites, these people don't have their phone numbers posted, they don't have email addresses posted, it's like they don't want to be contacted. And so, as far as transparency goes, how would you be a very transparent Secretary of State if you were elected so that people could, you know, the voters could interact with you and, and give you their ideas or feedback or comments or whatever? Well, we have to have an open door policy at all levels of government. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I don't see the current Secretary of State doing is going to those counties, you know, talking with the county clerks, seeing what the problems are, what are they facing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there's an upcoming election, you know, where do you need help? Where do you need, you know, participation? What information do we need to get the word out about voting? A lot of these counties, um, I can say, I don't know, in the Republican Party, for instance, we don't have a lot of information to give to our voters about precincts, about, or they don't know where to find it if they do have it. And I think, like you said, the wards have a, a really um, good way of giving that information. Um, the Republican Party headquarters should have that information. There should be links and it should be um, very layman terms for people to just find out, okay, well, who, what, what uh, election is going on now? Is it a local election? Or is there anybody? Our seats? What seats are available? You know, especially even when you want to run for office, we shouldn't be putting people to run for office months, you know, before an election. These people should be preparing um, to run for office even a year to two years before they even run. That way, they understand what the position is what their powers are, what the problems in their communities are, and then they're well prepared when they do go out there and they decide to make that decision to run. So, you know, information. We need information, we need, and it needs to be transparent. It needs to be available to everybody. Okay. So, Audrey, um, 
we're, we're approaching the end of the show. So just anything we haven't covered, just go for it right now. Well, one of the things that we do need, because we are going against a big, big money um, machine, which is the Democrat Party, and they have super PACs, they have all kinds of ways of throwing tons of money into these um, elected officials, campaigns, people that want, they want to keep in there. So on my end, we are very grassroots. I want participation of our people. And I would rather get $5 donations from every single voter out there that thinks like me. And it doesn't break your bank, you know, maybe cost you maybe a coffee. <laughs> now, how can people donate to your campaign, Audrey? So you can donate. I have a link for WinRed, and that is actually on my um, link, which is my website, and it's Audrey, A-U-D-R-E-Y, True Hero, so it's T-R-U-H-E-R-O, for New Mexico, SOS.com. You can go in there. There's a link. You can participate in volunteering. You can donate. Whatever you feel like is in your heart to do to help make this happen and make sure we bring New Mexico back to the people, please do that. And I look forward to, I'm not like the ones that you can't find my phone number. My phone number is there. If you want to call me and you have your own concerns, please reach out. I'm an open book, so please. Say that website address one more time for those sure. that uh, weren't ready to write it down. Okay. <laughs> it's Audrey, A-U-D-R-E-Y, True Hero, which is spelled T-R-U-H-E-R-O, for F-O-R-N-M dot com. Okay, great. Um, so, y'all, I can tell you that Audrey is somebody I've known for a long time. And she is one of the most honest, transparent, uh, sincere people I've ever met. And I, I, I personally think she would do a great job. I really do. And she's, she's out there. You'll, she's, she's not hiding anywhere. You know, you'll see her often at events. She shows up places. And during the course of this campaign, if you want to invite her to come speak for you, I'm sure that she will be more than willing to do that. And there's a darn good chance I'll show up with her. I, I follow her around to a lot of uh, events when we go places, and we have a lot of fun. We travel all over the state. And one thing that, you know, she got all like over 5,000 5, signatures, and you only needed like over 1,500 and what, 1,503 or something like yeah, that? 1503. Yeah, 1,503. Yeah, and so you got like over 5,000 signatures. And you didn't buy those signatures. You went nope. to all over the state. You went to different meetings. You went door to door. You went into businesses, just talked to people. I know one day we were out and about, and we went into a, uh, a restaurant to have some lunch, and we got signatures in there. We went into a gas station to get gas. We got signatures in there, and they even took some of the sheets, and they even collected signatures for you. Yes. And what they sent you, what, like one or two pages of signatures? I don't know. It was pretty oh, darn good. I don't know. They were just pouring in. It was such an awesome, um, just feeling to know that the people really are backing me. Yeah. You know, they're just ready for a change. And I want to be able to give them a choice on that ballot. Yeah. That's, that's what my campaign is about, giving you a choice, the people a choice to make a difference and to change the, the direction that we are headed right now. Yeah. So, Audrey, it has been awesome having you on the show and I hope that people have got to know you better as a result of this 
and that uh, if they have questions, they'll email you mm -hmm. or they'll call you or whatever, and, and they'll invite you to come speak if they want to, you to. And uh, I want to tell everybody I've got advertisers jumping on board on this show. I've got like mm -hmm. three that are coming on board this week, and more of them are on the way. And if you want to advertise on this station, you can email me. And my email address is Becca Marie NM. That's B E C C A M A R I N M at gmail.com. And make sure that you tune into my Saturday show, which is on one to four. I've got a really good show lined up this week. I've got a good friend of mine by the name of Sharon, which is a registered nurse. And she's got some rather interesting information uh, on from the inside of the medical tyranny that's been going on in this state for the past couple of years. And that's kind of going to be the topic of the show uh, this coming week. And then I've also got one of my advertisers, Asa, from Ribs Grill up in Cedarcrest. And that is one of the benefits you get if you advertise on this show is you get to come in once a month if you want to and be on the radio and tell people about your business and just participate in the conversation. And it's a lot of fun. And so anyway, so I want to ask you if you've got a freedom-friendly business, advertise on this station and support this show and many others like it. Want to send me comments or suggestions? That email address beccamarienm at gmail.com. Also, I've got a Facebook page. I've got a YouTube, Rumble, and Telegram page. They're all, you can look them all up under Freedom Speak with Becca Marie. And today I just got done revising my web page. It's a work in progress, but it's looking pretty darn good now. My, my good friend Amy Allen, which uh, does uh, web page design, and logos. She did, she helped me with that, and she also designed my logo. So, anyway, remember freedom is essential, liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. It's time to stand up, tell the Marxists and those that are helping to push their agenda hell no, we won't comply, we are the resistance. <laughs>